What's up, Print Hustlers? Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. We're here with our co-host, Stephen Farrig out of Campus Inc. We've got a very special group of guests today. We've got Joe Lucas out of Robo Creative hanging out with us and Johnny Boucher out of Hope for the Day. Um, Johnny's been working on a really awesome organization called Hope for the Day that uh, brings mental health to light. Johnny's been very involved with music. He's been very involved with, with screen printers and, and being in the industry. Thank you guys for being able to join us. This is gonna be a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, Bruce. Tell us just a little bit about, for the people who haven't heard of you and what you've been working on, a quick background and, and what Hope for the Day is all about. I started Hope for the Day in 2011 in response to my boss, Mike uh, Scanlon. He uh, jumped off his fifth floor balcony in uh, Chicago and Mike uh, and I worked in the music industry. We were independent concert promoters, and my entire background since the age of 13 was actually uh, was involved in like the punk rock and heavy metal uh, music scene. I, you know, concert promoter, musician. I played in bands, and um, and then on top of that, I also did artist management. But Mike was like my Robin Williams. He was the guy that I wanted to become. He made me laugh. He he trusted me with massive marketing budgets. Um, but I also got to learn a lot from him, and I think that when we're growing up and, and we're working for others, you know, there's so many valuable lessons that are taught that maybe we don't really understand until maybe we leave that company or, or um, sadly, after Mike passed, I kind of got the uh, eye awakening that I needed to make, you know, realize that the music industry was what I thought I wanted to be a part of, but it was really just one of my many tools that I have in my toolbox now to uh, utilized to bring hope for the day's mission of just starting the conversation around suicide and mental health before it adversely impacts our lives. But by doing it in a way that invites people instead of isolates people, we're able to get more people to talk about how they've been impacted, be more open to you know getting help and getting connected to a lot of the resources that we work with uh, around the globe. You know, more importantly, it's just about identifying the ways to make it easier for people to talk about the shit that we don't want to talk about. And that's really what Hope for the Day does is we empower those conversations. So I really took the time to see where in the mental health world we could fit in because I didn't want to be a competitor. Um, that's one word we don't utilize in our industry. Uh, they're community members. And sometimes when I say that, I have a little snark on my face. But uh, it's just the, it's the truth that there's plenty of work out there when it comes to mental health. And, uh, you know, before, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing was, was uh, in everyone's, you know, lap, mental health has just been become this conversation that people are more open to be having, but they're still having it in a reactive way after someone like either dies or tries. And so our objective is to make it easy for them to talk about the good days and the bad days and remind everyone that it's okay not to be okay. And we have a copyright on that. So if you'd like, reach out and we'll get a license. Agreement. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, it, the, what hopefully it really has proven to me is that, uh, and, and it probably, you know, everyone that, you know, th that this video in this podcast will reach is that, you know, taking that gamble on creating the life that you want is definitely out there, but sometimes it's a little different than what we think it's going to be like Saturday night. I did not have a dog and then I fostered a dog and now he's yelling at someone on the block. So <laughs> it's just about adapting and mending, but it's, it's about understanding how your work at the end of the day serves a greater purpose than just yourself and your uh, pocket lining. With that, you're also a small business owner as far as yeah. opening a coffee shop in Logan square by Lucas and Joe's talk to us about uh, how that all came together. Yeah. So sip of hope came out of, 
uh, this idea. So we started roasting coffee with Dark Matter Coffee here in 2014 because my whole idea of meeting people where, where they're at and how we expect them to be, I was like, how do we put resources on products, like commodities that people want to utilize every single day outside of like a t-shirt because we, we have our, our, our you know clothing line and whatnot. But it was also, you know, just a cool way to have a conversation you know coffee shop the origin of it was a community safe space so was that the first non-for-profit coffee shop sip of hope when we opened up the shop in 2018 is the world's first coffee shop where 100 percent of the proceeds support suicide prevention and mental health education um so we created it as a social enterprise and one thing about hope for the day is that when i started learning about nonprofits, started really learning about how they can be structured for success or they can be you know structured for uh, destruction and a lot of organizations that go after state and federal funding have a lot of uh, red tape and I we don't go after any of that we've never received a dollar from the state or the feds and it's because we like to do the work we want to do and not by way of someone else some big funder so you should go do your work this way so we created the this, this shop to become our biggest public-facing program but also a safe space where people come have a cup of coffee and if they need to they can have an elevated conversation with our staff because our staff are trained to be uh, you know to talk to people at a peer base non-clinical but a peer-based way that they can a lot of people talk about what's going on and then they can put you know direct them to our resources that we have in the shop because they are so important to that it is the, the world's first and um we have had people visit from all around the world and it's just because People are looking for this grace in society uh, that allows them to come in and just be who they are, uh, whether it's, you know, just for a cup of coffee or if it's, you know, becomes your favorite coffee shop that you can work out of. It's all about what you get out of that. Sip of Hope has just been this remarkable thing that we knew what could happen with it, but until we opened the doors, it wasn't a full, clear vision. And just to know that people have literally flown like a guy from Switzerland just for one cup of fucking coffee. <laughs> it just goes to show you that like people want this, people need this. And then um, it's amazing because we do a lot of work in Europe. I was speaking in Munich and I got approached by a group of you know, younger folk who were like, listen, you've inspired us. We want to create our own version of Sip of Hope over here. So there's a place called the Mental Health Cafe in Munich that is awesome. all about mental health. It's like a copy and paste of Sip of Hope. But then it has this like this wall that pays homage to Hope for the Day, me, and then and Sip of Hope, just saying this is where we got the idea from. It's about creating things that allow people to be invited and welcome to that conversation. And that's what we've been able to do with coffee, clothing. We proudly work with the alcohol industry, so we release beers all the time with resources on them. We just released one in Kansas City. We're not going to be the traditional organization that, like, says, oh, alcohol's bad until you come to our gala and we get you all fucked up so you you know give us more money. It's a way that I can um, pay homage to the other people that I've lost. I've lost 16 people to suicide outside, you know, including Mike, but my aunt, my uncle, and my mom's side really hit me hard too when I was growing up. So my uncle drank himself to death. So it's what my, my way of working with the alcohol industry is a way to say, hey, like it's not the alcohol industry's fault. My uncle's not around. It's my uncle's fault. So how do we help other people like my uncle that hit the bottle more than, you know, one or two times a day, very heavily, every single day. So I'd, I'd rather live in that world. And also, you know, because everyone that's on here are creators, you know, like we've understood that if you can print on something, fucking print on that damn thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so. We will find a way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
So, Lucas and Joe, how do you fit in it? Like, you guys have known uh, Johnny for a long time. Rowboat is, like, right right by Sip of Hope and all that. Tell us about, and you guys have a lot of employees, and that's kind of what we want to talk about today is mental health and small businesses. As business owners, like, what have you guys been up to or doing knowing that, you know, we have lockdown situations like that? Like, We meet so many people, but I feel like when you meet certain people, I think similar to to you and Bruce, like when you meet those people, it just seems like you've known each other forever. I couldn't even put a finger on when we particularly met Johnny. I know it was when we were opening our new facility. I think that was like right around the time we met, but just been one of those things. We just kind of clicked instantly Um, beyond, you know, you guys know our passion kind of just for the industry and pushing things forward. But, you know, behind that, I think coming from the creative side for Joe and I from the music industry, there's always that underlying passion to be part of whatever the bigger picture is and not necessarily just for the sake of, you know, how that looks to general public and PR stuff. So as soon as we, we kind of clicked immediately with Johnny because of just the whole message behind hope for the day. Um, I mean, I've personally been touched within my family from suicide and, you know, it's it's amazing to hear the numbers of people that are either have been directly affected by it or just have somebody, you know, six degrees of separation. So, you know, it was something immediately that just made sense. We, we could help push the clothing side forward for them. Um, and it was just something that we could be behind in terms of how do we help them step forward, whether it was activation <clears> stuff <throat> or gala stuff and how we can get involved, how we can utilize our our connections and our network um, and, you know, even now was able to push it towards to Champagne and, you know, connect them with you, Stephen, um, down at the university. And I think that was kind of no brainer, you know, when you and Bruce started talking about that to have, you know, college kids can be loose cannons alone. And the fact that, you know, there's just, there's a lot of, a lot of new focus or not newer, but I think more important focus on mental health. So, I think for you guys to be able to do that and partner and, and do that down at Illinois was huge. Joe and I have been doing as far as rowboat in this whole thing has been just a constant roller coaster. I'm sure you guys have heard the same thing come from every single screen printer that's out there. It's weird because we've done everything probably that everybody else has done from all of the nonsense stimulus stuff and trying to you know think that that's going to save our world and the world and then seeing that that gets pulled out from under you or there's not enough information or the systems are crashing or you know whatever that they're there so we've been trying to just stay really nimble i think the biggest thing when all of this started happening for joe and i was knowing that we need to be responsible and just make sure that the employee's health and everybody's health was the first thing you know, we saw a lot of shops that were basically throwing up their arms and just saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're just going to stay open no matter what. And I think I, I get it on both sides of it. You got to keep your business alive. But that was something that we were struggling day in and day and hour after hour. We would flip flop, you know, one hour, say, screw it, let's open. We got to keep the doors open. We got to keep things going. But then it, we would just step back and say, is that the most responsible thing to do? And if the country is being shut down, there's a reason. My dad is a pathologist, and so I've been talking to him constantly. And, you know, he was one of the first people that is like, this is not something to joke around with. So, you know, do what needs to be done. We've been doing that. We were kind of one of the first ones on the front lines um, behind the scenes that started getting involved in mass production. We were producing masks. We were donating masks. We have been doing, you know, a lot of fundraising stuff. We created um, an initiative. Pretty, pretty immediately um, called Creatives Who Care, 
which was basically hitting creatives, restaurants, anybody displaced or, or really being hit by the, um, the COVID situation. And it's been doing amazing things. I mean, we have campaigns that are launching pretty much daily, raising thousands and thousands of dollars. And that, you know, to kind of go back to our interaction and friendship with Johnny, we had always had in our in our back pocket wanting to do something, you know, philanthropic. We we donate to a lot of charities. We work with a lot of non for profits. And so I think we were just forced to kick into gear really quickly because that's what this caused us to do. So, you know, we launched that at it got a lot of push. The Chicago Reader was behind it. We got a lot of strong creatives and influencers behind it. So we've been doing that. Um, you know, we have a couple other things um, that uh, that are really exciting that um, we want to share pretty soon with everybody. But I think that we've just been trying to do as much as we can and stay as proactive as possible, but also just keep everybody safe. And I think that that's the only thing that we really can do. I mean, it's regardless of size, I've had conversations with, you know, CEOs of enormous companies and small mom and pop shops, people, bars and you know, just peers in the industry. And it really mm. just doesn't matter. The size of the, the company, we're all feeling the exact same thing. I can personally flip-flop hourly and feel like we're, we're being very productive and we're doing enough. And then the next hour, I feel like we're not doing enough. And, you know, we'll, we'll dig into some of the mental health sides of it. But I don't know. It's a very conflicting feeling. And it's, it's tough to feel like you have to save the world within eight hours. And the reality is that this it's not going to happen and nothing's going to change in a day anyway. But I think that... As entrepreneurs and just go-getters, you know, you guys are probably feeling the exact same thing. That is like there's there's a fire to fix everything, but there's no way to fix everything. And that's the most conflicting and kind of defeating feeling that could be out there. Productivity right now is very hard to compromise and understand what that really means. We're not able to drive to our work location. We're not able to go grind in our safe spaces. You know, like I know that we, I have, uh, I have like the hope for the day office. I got sip of hope. I have an office in the loop that one of my board members gives me an access key card to his office that I can go work from anytime. I can't really go anywhere right now. So like when, when it comes to productivity and like trying to accomplish things before you're like, wow, it's nine thirty one, And then in, within a blink of an eye, you're like, it's one seventeen in the afternoon now. I haven't ate anything. I've only consumed mad amounts of coffee. My <laughs> eyes hurt because I've been on so many Zoom calls or I've just been staring into the screen that has no answers. And right. then what shakes your bottle even more is when you go and listen to you know the news and you, you see our leaderships, if you will, uh, from the multiple lines of leadership, all struggling too. So it's like in this reality right now, it's interesting. I don't know what efficiency is right now. But uh, from business standpoint, but I do know like how me as an individual has been efficient as fuck. And I think that that is how you get back to that headspace of being able to create because that also taps you back into being that human. So when you're focusing about how you, you know, talk to your people and how you manage all that right now, it's stressful as an employer to not know what it really looks like for someone to go on unemployment if you've had to furlough your employees. You know, it's so easy to just go, go file for unemployment. But it's like, yeah, well, why don't you get me there first? You know, like, let me understand that grind. And that's the hardest thing about all this. So it comes back on how you're taking care of yourself so then you can project out there and uh, and leave. Because that's what right now, I told my mom this, like, the second day of the lockdown. I'm like, this is where leadership 
comes together to really shine. That's something that we have definitely, I would say, struggled with. We know we want to be leaders. We got to be there for our people. We have someone has to be vocal. We're leading the company, but there's only so much that can be said. And there's only so much actual and correct information that's out there. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that was like within a couple of the first days, you know, I'm sending out emails that are, you know, very nice and corporate and proper. And, you know, here's all the explanations of everything that's happening. And then all of a sudden it just starts to feel like there is no way for everybody to to fully embrace and understand and, and stomach the reality of the way that we're feeling and it's not you know i mean i even beyond like COVID, i think that this that's something as business leaders we were really just kind of struggle with all the time because it always just feels like at a certain point everything that you say is taken with a grain of salt you know there's always like the big conspiracy that okay there's there's bales of money that is behind you know somewhere in the warehouse and that we're Joe and I are just taking all of that money and, you know, there's, we try to maintain that transparency as much as we can, but I felt terrible the, the first couple of days because it just felt like we're spewing all of this information and it realistically is all the information that we have and we're trying to help and we're trying to formulate, you know, the best plan of action for everybody. But the reality is no one knows and we don't know. And like it had to, we had to get to a point of feeling like, that's okay. It's fine to say, I don't know. Like I am, I'm concerned, but you know, how do you spin it? So it doesn't feel like, all right, I'm scared. So everybody thinks that the whole thing's going to burn down. So like, how do you maintain the positivity and you know, the, the strength of leadership, but also being a person and just saying, look, your problems are just my same problems. I've had to talk to my building owner. I've had to talk to our lenders. You know, it's all the same conversations that are it scales. I, I get it. Everybody's money problems are money problems, but we're all doing the same thing. We're all reducing all the spending, regardless of if you're making millions of dollars or you're not making millions of dollars. And and trying to put everybody in that same, you know, boat, quote unquote, um, for us just to be able to say, look, it, it's it's real, and we're here, and trust me, we are positive. It was really troubling, and I think that there was a lot of nights, the early early nights, that really kind of kept me up, feeling like, how do we address these people? I mean, we've been doing you know, virtual hangouts and happy hours. And and some of those are a little bit more personable. So you can really see that, you know, this is not just me up here spewing, you know, corporate bullshit talk. This is me being a normal person saying I'm concerned and I'm concerned for my family just as much as everybody else. So I don't know, it's been, it's wild. It's that, I think that, you know, if you want to dig into now the mental health side of it, but I mean, there's been a lot of just ups and downs, I think mentally just and driven by all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just want to jump in here. I mean, even before the whole COVID thing, the screen printing life completely consume you. Like how Johnny was talking about how, you know, you look up and it's one in the afternoon and you haven't eaten and all you've done was, you know, taking calls and, you know, uh, pound coffee. I was at maybe 14 years deep into that when I first met Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, re- re- regardless of the work and all the stuff that we do with him, Johnny is a real dude. You know, we started talking and I know he could see the cracks in my armor. And he, he actually took me aside and asked if I was, if I was OK. And I, I wasn't. And, you know, I knew I wasn't OK. And I'm, I'm losing. You know, I'm, I'm married. I have two teenage kids. I got a house. Some moron gave me keys to this crazy building. And 
it, it, it just never ends. And Luke is just so good at what he does. It's like, oh, yeah, and then uh, Nike's here. Oh, and then these – I'm like, oh, no, okay. And, you know, there's only so many days you could do that. And, you know, Johnny, I, I asked him what he does. And he's like, yeah. you know, why don't you start with just taking a walk around the block at some oh, yeah. point during the day? And I was like, wait a minute. I, ca- I guess I could do that. I'm my this own guy's boss. Guy's something. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's the crazy part. Even with being your own boss and being able to do whatever you want to do, doing something for me is nothing that ever gets done. So, I mean, I, I took Johnny's suggestion, and, and, you know, I talk to someone now. And my wife, you know, we go – we also do a group thing because I see Lucas – a hundred times more than I see my wife. Lucas is my wife. Um, That's he yeah, your wife. Your wife's a beautiful. Yeah, your wife is beautiful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, mean, so, I, I, I even think Lucas and I could do some couples counseling. I've been doing it for a while now, and I think I'm doing better. Everyone around me still thinks I'm a lunatic, but going into this COVID thing without being already able to identify that you know that this weighs really heavy on me no matter how tough i think i am i feel like i had better tools to try to deal with the society disappearing overnight this is something that everyone deals with and you know as screen printers and running you know go 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 you really have to make time for yourself or you will lose it there's no work to be done and I'm sitting in the warehouse. I mean, I, that's how dedicated we are. I mean, Luke and I are just ideas, ideas, ideas. I mean, I really think we may be working more now that there's we are. We no literally, work. That's yeah. like, it's what uh, we were on a call with uh, the MNR team yesterday and Danny Sweem, MNR CEO, literally said the same thing. He's like, what's crazy is that there's less work that can actually be happening right now but at the same time, he's working more than we were working before. And I think that there's like there's a very, very important part of that, though, is that regardless, again, like of size of business, shop, facility, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The things that we're all focusing on right now are the things that we should have been focusing on during all of the normalcy. Yeah. And that's something yeah, that like, we are absolutely trying to, like Joe and I trying to refocus that and think that, you know, we get involved in the hullabaloo and, you know, the hustle and bustle of everything because that's just what we're doing. And as business owners, that's fine. Okay, well, the, this machine is, is screwed up. So Joe's got to jump under there and try to fix that. And someone forgot a punch in and someone's got to fix that. And, you know, it's all the little things that are absolutely important to running a business. And this goes back to like that conflicting feeling of like, we shouldn't be doing those things because that's not the best use of our time. The best use of our time is what our job is and trying to keep everybody in place and growing the business or at least sustaining the business and moving it forward. But we're seeing that now that without all of those other distractions, without having to deal with you know some of that minutia stuff in the business, we can actually focus on the things that are making us way more productive. So, like, I think that's like a key, key thing that we are trying to absolutely figure out a way that when the haze rises, how we can step back to this and how can we can focus at least on being able to do the same things that we're doing now and also be less distracted by all the other nonsense that goes on. Small business owners, like, we don't have, like, corporate structure, like, 
our board doesn't put any events on for us. Uh, we're very lonely. What can small business owners do for themselves? Because I think right now is a very can be a very lonely time, and that's we are reactive because we are in this, and and hopefully on the other side we can start to be proactive small business owners. But we're a different breed. We don't get along with people. We're stubborn. We don't like taking direction. We're basically unemployable. That's why we print T-shirts. <laughs> Talk to us about what we yeah. can do. First and foremost, what Lucas said earlier is we as leaders in business are being shown what we should have probably been focusing on. So what I've been doing, like and like I said earlier, it's all about how you take how you take care of yourself and what you do to project out, right? Because you have people, whether your team's only three people or your team's 150,000 people, whatever it might be, you need to lead. What I really did in the in the first part of this was I had to set myself up to be successful. And that's the biggest thing. A lot of my friends who are leaders in company were like, yo, when we were on Skype the other day or when we were on FaceTime or whenever, whatever platform, I saw these little things you got in your back, you know, your window. This is my personal Corona challenge. This is my everyday fucking challenge against me and myself. It's 19 things that I need to do every day to take, keep myself whole. So it's workout, 15-minute stretch. I try to get seven hours of sleep. Uh, the no alcohol one is the one that has the least amount of stickers, but that's just okay. Um, so, you know, I've, Tough I've, times. I'm on day like 105, 106 of being completely uh, vegan or plant-based. So like, I'm just like w working in my regimen here from self-care to, I don't do screen, uh, two hours of screen time before I go to bed now. Like I'm a fuck technology. I got puzzles. I got, I got everything in there <clears> because <throat> I created my ecosystem. So then I could focus on this other sheet right next to it, which is the hope of the day sheet, and the sip of hope sheet. So I'm clearly able to project outward because like you said, we're, we're handling things like unemployment. We're handling things like maybe uh, some of our staff not being able to work right now and being furloughed and just knowing that 47% of their base pay makes you fucking cringe and it should as a business owner it's your job to keep the business going but also keep your people going the scary side of of all this is the not knowing you know when it's going to be done right so the more that you can lead instead of fall into that space of disparity and fear i've been challenging myself to stay as far out of any conversation i do not have control over because it is pointless it's a waste of your time and also, it's looking at this time as a luxury and going back and saying, fuck, man, maybe maybe I can finish up this plan that I wanted to do that, you know, I was going to you know, implement down the road here in a couple of months. Maybe I can bring that up so you can just build yourself to be ready to get over the, the mountain because we're going to need that. We're going to need people. It's not about reacting right now. It's about being proactive and seeing, you know, what does four months look like? What does six months look like? And challenging you as a small business owner, wherever you are on the scale of it, to be able to start having those very hard conversations of the ones that you never want to stomach, the ones that you're like, oh, yeah, we'll never close our doors. Well, go to that place. Go to that place as a leader because it's going to fucking take you right back to what made you open that damn shop in the first place. That sense well, of like, you right. know what? Yep. I, I yep. am mm -hmm. stubborn and I'm going to create and I'm going to do good because people are going to need everyone, all of our services uh, again. And right now, you know, the printing industry, I think, has been amazing to see people show up, especially with Robo, you know, really trying to create a platform for people to just utilize it to help fundraise and keep their, their business going right now. You know, so it's about le it's about leveraging 
the tools you have for the greater good. We looked at how are we communicating right now internally at our organization. And I was like, you know what? We can have a conversation about that right now because it's not a conversation that we're like, oh, fuck, you, you know, Nike's in the building and we can't have this conversation right now, you, you know, because uh, there's going to be another Nike. There's going to be another thing. Then, then all of a sudden, I'm going to show up in your print shop and just talk about life for an hour. And you're going to be like, fuck, what was I supposed to do before Johnny came in here and made me really <laughs> think about the shit that I really should be thinking about? Because yeah. that was probably more important. So I think that understanding that your business right now operates at maybe 50 to 60 percent, and that's okay. Um, and starting to get strategic with how you're spending your money and everything, because it all comes it all comes back to you. I mean, how many people have woken up at three o'clock in the morning, fucking writing an email right now, and you're like, "It's dark out. Why am I doing this?" And it's like, well, maybe because you decided to take your schedule and be like, "Well, you know, I guess I'm back on college break, even though I'm in my thirties <laughs> or forties." And, and, and that's why, like, I'm keeping to my schedule. I'm keeping to my ebb and flow. I am up at 5 o'clock, whether I like it or not. This morning was so hard because I looked outside. I'm like, it's snowing? Fuck. What's going on, <laughs> you know? But I still got up. I made my coffee. I, I, I make my pour over. It's just, like, me in my morning. You obviously, you all saw me smashing that smoothie earlier. Like, it is – it's just so important because, like, at by seven o'clock in the morning, I got a thirty-minute walk with the dog and the lady. I got a twenty-five-minute yoga session underneath my belt, and I got fifteen minutes of meditation, all before seven o'clock. After that, I'm good. I'm good to give myself to people, and then be like, "Yep, it's four o'clock. I don't know what the hell I did today, but I did something." <laughs> um, and it goes to this one lyric that I go to all the time: that control what you can, confront what you can't. And make that little list every single day of things that you want to chip away and other things. It really comes down to you getting a pen and paper. I keep a pen and a pad next to my laptop at all times. And I'm just jotting down my little notes and I'm getting it through there because it is my systematic approach. We all have processes. We got this great software that y'all use, which I think is fucking amazing too, by the way. I, I, I love using it from like the customer side. But it's like we have these processes we need to figure out our process for ourselves right now because if not, like that's where shit hits the fan. Because if you start melting down and you have a bunch of people who are, for you know, a lack of better words, un you know, under you or your employees, you are then eventually going to be, you know, spewing that fire on them, which is making their experience right now so much harder than it needs to be. How do you control just that little bit? Because we're going to need, everyone's going to need y'all on the other side of this fucking thing. Sure, I think know? we, Larry, you said, you mentioned something about like, I think there's something important about the, the concept of like the meltdown and like Joe and I have gone through it so many different <laughs> times, you know, I mean, we've, we've known each other for 16 plus years. I mean, yeah, met no, when no, I was like 15 that. years old. Yeah. We've had many a meltdown just because of, you know, oh, I mean, man. you're working so close with, with people, but especially in, in this situation that, it feels so dire and it felt, you know, on the onset of it, that is like this literally, this can be the demise of everything. And I think that you're taking all of that internal compassion and 
passion that just seems like it's about to go up in flames. You know, this is something that we built for 14 years from Joe's basement. And all of a sudden this can be taken out from under us. And so, you know, we're at each other's throats because we don't know, you know, it's the same thing that just happens in, in friendship and relationships in general. You're just stressed. And so you're trying to take it out on every single angle. I think that's okay. I think that sometimes you need those things to like finally just ground you and bring it down to zero and try to try to figure out, look, let's figure this out. There's no reason to burn the entire thing down because there's a bigger picture to this that, you know, will come and write itself out on the other side. I'm assuming that a lot of shop owners, a lot of just business people in general have probably hit those moments, even if you don't have a partner to, to really kind of bounce those things off of that that's okay to hit those dull moments and those dark days but you know how do you come back and then one more thing that johnny you pointed out finding like that routine i think is extremely extremely important i cannot stand working from home i've been pent up in charlotte for the last you know month and a half now and it's just a departure from my routine but it's also you know somewhat helpful to be able to see how we can still make the situation help between Joe and I and what we're doing and you know just what our responsibilities are and how we're working together to make that work but the routine in general I think to go back to our other point is just trying to figure out the most productive routine outside of all of the other nonsense and you know me personally I've had a lot of issues with even just my routine of being able to get out and run six seven miles a day has been so helpful for my mental health in general and that's something that is probably the first thing that goes to the wayside when we're back in normalcy because I'm just in the thick of it and it seems like all right well I got to stay here I'm here till six seven and then I'm too tired and then you just go home and then you forget all of that and so you know, you don't have that outlet, you don't have a way to get rid of that. And I think that like getting on the same page of that with, you know, business partners or people, friends in general, just saying, look, like, I know that that's beneficial for you, go and do that. You know, Joe and I at least have that through music and knowing that, look, if that's something that takes you from your world, then go focus on that because I need you full force focus on what we're doing. It's just been trying to figure out that balance for me and, and what that means. But even on those runs, you know, I feel just as conflicted as I said before. It feels like this is great. I have all these ideas I can separate from the world. And, you know, it it shouldn't feel wrong to take an hour, 45 minutes for yourself just to like go yeah. off and blow steam. But during these times, like I feel like, well, shit, shouldn't I be doing something else? Shouldn't I be trying to formulate a better plan for everybody? And so it really is that like that up and down that is just really conflicting feeling right now, but you just got to kind of power through it. Yeah. And I think that also it's simply about, you know, knowing that we're going to get through this. I love how everyone's saying we're in this together. I'm like, man, it's been on the sip of hope's wall when you walk in for you know, <laughs> right. open the doors. Like I get it. But like the truth is, is that we are in this together. And there's that space of vulnerability, having hard conversations with your business partners or your staff or your spouse about how, how the struggle's been. But uh, again, it just comes back down to that routine of how you're taking care of yourself because you project outwardly and your staff are going through hard times already enough and it's not your job to add to the your fuel to the fire. So I, I've been really challenging people to think before they speak in a very positive manner, not be like, you know, shut your mouth. It's like, <laughs> No, think about what you're saying, because right now you might be reacting. What is benefiting from this? The most important thing for us as small business owners right now is to keep our mind and our head on as clear as, as possible, because with the ever changing issues of, you know, PPP and all the SBA stuff and all these like loans and 
and all these things like they're there to help but there's a bigger picture here that those things take a little bit of place in so it's about understanding that you should structure your day you know and that you should be le- you should be shutting down at five o'clock like you usually do and then you go home and shut that fucking computer off you know like just turn it off because it, it i think it said something yesterday uh so there's some in- influencer uh, COVID-19 for me re- uh, reminds me that I can post a picture on Instagram whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, we don't need these things. But I also, I put time limits on all my phone apps. I, uh, my screen time has been down like 35, 40%, which has been amazing um, because I started re- recognizing my eyes were just hurting, you know, from just constantly just staring into this. You have that choice every single day and you can pick and choose to go into the 24-hour, you know, news death cycle or you can create your own atmosphere to, to thrive in them. That's the most important thing that I think, uh, you know, should be taken away from this is, is get those big ass post-it notes like you got in your office, put them to fucking work, you know? <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, hopefully if anyone comes into Chicago, they can stop by Sip of Hope, um, just yeah. like an amazing, amazing coffee shop. And we'll definitely post all the resources. This was awesome. So, yeah. I, uh, Johnny, how can people join? Time. How can people join the uh, conversation? How can they join your organization? Google or, or, you know, hope for the day or go to hft.org or hope for the day.org and just sign up to get involved um, because we are very transparent. Like we, we don't take on volunteer opportunities unless, you know, it's in Chicago <clears throat> right now. But we, what we do is we have tools to put people to work in their community and just raise the visibility of resources. Everyone's in, invited to be a part of the party because in a country where we talk about, you know, building walls, I'd rather build more tables and chairs for people to pull up because then at the same time, that allows me as a white privileged male to recognize that my, my experience and my higher perspective is, is mine. And I it's a disservice if I run an organization that is a mental health organization and it's only from some white dude's perspective who has his tat, you know, his hands tattooed. So that's what I that's what I think you know we need more of. So I invite everyone to, to get involved. But come come on and, and, and just be prepared to get vulnerable and let people know how you've been impacted because the more we talk about it, the more we realize that we're not, you know, we're not crazy insane depressed or fucked up we're all human beings going through a thing called life and uh we all eat sleep shit and cry like that's the truth you know i I tell that to anytime we got a band that comes by the office or the shop and someone freaks out i'm like listen they're gonna go take a shit in the same toilet you take a shit in there's no difference between you and them all right gold though love the way johnny talks (laughs) yeah my dad said if you can't tell the truth straight on then what the hell you open your mouth for so Love it. Thank you. Yeah, Johnny, appreciate it. This is Johnny Boucher. Hope for the day. Be able to Google it. You guys can join the conversation too. Thank you, Joe, Lucas, Stephen, for such an honest conversation. Yeah. It's definitely something that we don't talk about enough. Um, we'll be covering it more. So if you guys want to learn more, yeah. search out Hope for the Day online. You could be able to join that there. And we'll see you guys next week on the Pronounces Podcast. Thanks. Thanks all. Thank Thanks, you guys. Guys. Thanks.